Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron, which comes from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And what we're doing at ISI is really we're trying to do things God's way. We focus on the five Fs, which are faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And rather than compartmentalizing, how can we put faith at the center of our hub, the center of our life, and how that can achieve excellence in those other four Fs? And that's what we're doing here on this podcast and what we're doing really with all the things ISI is we're putting on a multitude of ways for you to connect so you can achieve excellence within those five Fs. And on today's podcast, I'm really excited to bring to you David Burns. David Burns is with ICM, which is uh, International Cooperating Ministries, and they've planted over 10,000 churches and 52,000 congregations around the world. And ISI recently partnered with them, and we'll tell you that story here in the podcast. So I'm excited to have that conversation and share an awesome ministry with everybody listening. And while I got you, just a few things. Uh, the ISILife.com is the place where we host everything. Uh, it has all of our past podcasts. It has awesome tools and assessments and information that can help you achieve the excellence in those five Fs. So go check it out. Get familiar with our website. Hopefully there are some things of value uh, there for you. There's also uh, some upcoming retreats. We're planning our 2022 calendar in Cleveland and Columbus and Nashville and some other cities as well. And we're moving to a two retreat per year model where we're doing like the spring and the fall. So uh, once those dates are set, they're spots we're definitely going to fill up quick. So as soon as you start to see communications on that, if you'd love to, to join one of our retreats and experience what it's like for that 24-hour period, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, there's also a weekly devotional on our website and all the ways to connect with us on social media. And one big thing I wanted to share is we have a compelling vision to grow ISI into other parts of the country. Uh, we've been fortunate to expand from Cleveland down to Columbus and to Nashville and to other cities. And if you're listening to this and you love what we're doing and you would love to start a chapter in your city, we'd love to chat with you. We put a page on our website that uh, talks about starting a chapter and some questions and information that you might have. But um, really, the, the best thing is to come to a retreat, experience it, engage with it. And uh, let's talk about what it could look like to bring a positive movement to your city. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy this conversation with David Burns. All right, David, I am so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for making the time. It's good to be here, Nick. Yeah, it was great to connect with you at our last ISI retreat and, and get to know you a little bit. And I'm excited to share your story and what you do with um, our audience. So as we kind of get into things, why don't you just give us a little background on who you are and the 30,000 review of David Burns and ICM? Yeah, thank you. So um, I grew up in the South. I live in the Midwest now, I live in Indianapolis, but grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, came to the Lord my first year of college through a, a college ministry that was reaching out uh, to the sports teams. I played Division II basketball a long, long time ago, and um, the Lord really just radically changed my life. You know, Nick, I summarized my testimony by saying in a week's time, I went from leading people to kegs at a fraternity house to leading them to Jesus. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I grew up with some church background, but no understanding of the gospel and came to the Lord. I was 19 years old and really was discipled through college and grew 
and and then spent about 25 years uh, working with an organization that was evangelizing college students and until I came on with ICM in 2019. That's awesome. That's awesome. So ICM is an amazing organization and um, excited to you know share a little bit more about that with with the audiences. Um, kind of newer to me and I read one of one of the books um, uh, you know years back and it made a profound impact on me. So as you're talking about ICM, why don't you just share us you know with about what ICM is, um, you know what it is, what you're doing with it, and a little bit about um, the overview of the ministry. Yeah, so ICM is um, a ministry that works with uh, indigenous church planning movements uh, to take the gospel, all around the world. So, so currently, you know, we're in over a hundred countries and uh, we've partnered with indigenous movements to build over 10,000 churches uh, since 1986. And it's just a, it's a great ministry that helps empower uh, the global church to make disciples and plant churches. And Nick, maybe one way to tell it is kind of the story of our founder, um, just kind of the genesis of ICM and then how God has really blessed it, uh, in incredible ways. In 1986, our founder, Joyce Rosser, uh, was a business guy out of Hampton, Virginia, and was just passionate about the world and the gospel and getting the good news out wherever he could. And so he was, um, involved with, uh, Trans World Radio, uh, and he was involved with a lot of ministries set on boards uh, of ministries like Prison Fellowship, and uh, so he was kind of in the generation of Billy Graham and Chuck Colson and those guys, and Bill Bright, and he was in a village in India in 1986, and just to give you the context of India, how big it is, there's 600,000 villages in India alone. Mm. And he was over there trying to, you know, see what God was doing through Transworld Radio and the expansion of the gospel in India. And on a Sunday morning, uh, he was in this village and he saw people walking on dirt roads to meet under a big tree to worship. And Mm -hmm. it just was an amazing sight to him in a Hindu country to see literally a hundred people walk miles and miles uh, to worship together under a tree. And so he was kind of a problem solver, entrepreneur type. And so as he began to engage the pastor, um, he asked them, what do they do during the rainy seasons? You know, what do they do, you know, um, during, when the weather's not so great? And he said, these people are committed. They walk and they worship. Wow. And, and so at the time, he realized for $5,000, he could, you know, give to this local congregation that they could buy materials, they could build their own church. And um, and so that was kind of the genesis of ICM is a $5,000 gift to a local church. Uh, they built their own building. And he came back to check on that church six months or a year later. And instead of 100 people, there are 200 people worshiping. Mm-hmm. And he invested another 5000 and and built, I think, the first year, you know, help fund maybe five churches and, and just realize that there's a massive need in developing countries, you know, for a safe place to worship. 
And, and it really just began to multiply and eventually morphed into a ministry that uh, last year in December, we hit our 10,000th church. Wow. And, um, and he never saw it coming. He just saw a need, an opportunity, and had some resources. And, and God really, really blessed that uh, over the last 35 years or so. So that's the, you know, kind of the story of ICM. And there's so many other tentacles to it, but that's kind of a high level view uh, of ICM. I love when I hear that. I mean, it's, um, I mean, a couple of things. One is you and something's, you know, face to face like that. You're in India, you see these people walking to worship, walking in the rain. You know, it's like, oh my oh my God, it kind of hits you like a two by four. Like I gotta, I can do something about this. You know, I can help with this and I have the means and you know, I'm a problem solver. I can, I can make this different and better for the people that live here. Um, I love, I love when things hit you like that. And then not so much that, but then the follow through to actually do something about it and step into that. Um, that's awesome. I love hearing a story like that Yeah, and to know that that turned into what it is now and 10,000 churches later, it's, it's such an amazing story. And, you know, one, if I can add one piece to kind of his entrepreneurial spirit um, is what he made a deal with these different pastors is that if we're going to help invest, then um, each of these churches have committed to plant five other congregations in local towns and villages in the next three years. And so as of to date, there's been 50,720 congregations planted from those 10,000 churches. And, wow. and so just to see the multiplication effect has, has been super exciting. And the tagline, which, you know, this one just kind of, you can get your head around it, but at the same time you can't. But you know, the vision of ICM is that there's a church within walking distance of every person in the world. Wow. And, you know, growing up in the Midwest or living in the Midwest, Nick, I live in the midtown part of Indianapolis. And if you were to go five, and I actually did this just to kind of for my own research, within five blocks of my home where I live, there's six churches. And so from a North American perspective, we don't really understand that, right? Yeah. But some of the places we're, you know, investing in these movements, there may not be a church within 25 miles yeah. uh, or 50 miles. And so, so the need is something you almost have to see it to understand it as an American. So, mm -hmm. oh. yeah, you kind of take it for granted when it's abundant and it's everywhere around you. Um, same here. I mean, I could, uh, there's a church right next to my house and another one the other way, you know, you, you don't think about how easy it is to, to worship. Um, but yeah, in rural India or other parts of the undeveloped, you know, world, that's, that's not the case. Right. Wow. That is amazing. So, <laughs> so how long have you been with ICM and, and then maybe we could transition to how you got into being involved with ISI and then, you know, the recent Panama church that I'd love to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I came on, uh, with ICM. I heard about ICM through a board member, uh, that lives in Indianapolis. And I was in a place in my life for a career transition. This was two and a half years ago and, uh, ran in to a board member. His name's Mike Hockett here in Indianapolis. And he kept talking about this, um, ICM ministry. And I was, mm -hmm. you know, it meant nothing to me. I'd never heard of it. 
And then he gave me uh, a copy of the book, The God Who Hung on a Cross. And I think that's the book you referred to, Nick, earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's really just the story of ICM, the story of our founder, uh, and how God used a business guy to literally impact the world. You know, he wasn't clergy. He wasn't seminary trained. He just, he, God gave him a heart for people and he had means to do something about it. And when I read that book, uh, Nick, I read it in two days. So I recommend anyone listening to get the audible version or go online, go on Amazon and order it because it, I could not put it down. And, Mm -hmm. and I was, um, I'm like most guys, I don't cry a lot, but when I was reading these stories of what God is doing around the world and places like China and mm-hmm. Vietnam and Cambodia and places that, you know, the gospel costs you everything. Um, when I read that book, Nick, um, I just was like, man, I, I need to learn more about this organization. And they were looking for someone to do development in the Midwest so to be um, do fundraising in the Midwest. And so I had some experience from my past in that and ended up uh, taking the position uh, in 2019. And it has been just a blessing to get to be a small part of what God's doing in the global church uh, around the world and connect guys like you and your dad and men from ISI to get to be a part, you know, of what God is literally doing, you know, in Panama. Uh, you mm-hmm. mentioned um, the retreat a couple months ago. Do you want me to kind of transition into that? Nick? Yeah, I would love to, you know, I know that was your first uh, retreat and just, yeah, talking about, you know, what you got out of it, what you saw as different or unique. Um, you mentioned some of the specific speakers that really meant something to you. I'd love to, you know, for you to share your experience. Yeah. So, so one, one thing, Nick, that's deep kind of within me is I um, read a book a few years ago by an author named Tim Keller called Every Good Endeavor. Mm-hmm. And it's about just uh, work and the gospel, essentially, and that, that all work is sacred. And, and so when I got to know your dad and he began to share about the vision of ISI, um, it just, to me, I think taps into the, the heart of God, you know, for the gospel to be preached everywhere. And, mm-hmm. and the reality is that most people are in the marketplace. Um, I was in full-time ministry for 25 years, and we led hundreds and hundreds of students to the Lord and discipled them. And 95%, if not more, of those people that we're discipling would go into the marketplace. They would go and be teachers, and they would go and be businessmen, and they would be, you know, in the the medical fields, and they would do all kind of things. But only a small slice of them would be vocational ministers, right? And, And so, you know, the story of ICM is so connected to just the gospel and the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And, and so when I, you know, heard your dad just sharing about his burden and men he discipled through not only the years, but the decades <laughs> and how he'd yeah. been discipled and how that passion for, for men in the marketplace had bled over to families 
and it bled into ministry and people being generous, generous givers to global missions like mm-hmm. ICM. It, it just, it made sense that, or it was a privilege, that's probably a better way, to get to be a part of that retreat. And, and hear just what you guys are doing to develop and make disciples in the marketplace. Um, knowing that, you know, 2 Timothy 2.2, you know, that, that we invest in faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That we have no idea when we invest in these men how it's going to impact their children and their marriages and their local churches and their missions programs. And, and so, you know, I think you guys have just tapped in to just the, the epicenter of reaching the world for Christ, hmm. um, which is through the marketplace. And, and one thing that, you know, is on your dad's heart is he's been involved in missions for years and years and particularly building churches around the world. And he just wanted uh, ISI to be introduced to ICM, you know, to hear what God is doing around the world, you know, because I think about in Matthew chapter nine, where it says, and Jesus seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them. They were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said that he prayed to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers, right? And, and so I think that what's so powerful about a partnership with ICM and ISI is, is that, you know, we're able to let you guys see what God's doing around the world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then if the Lord moves to engage, you know, or to engage elsewhere, you know, with other great missions, you know, mm-hmm. that are going on around the world, um, so one thing uh, that you guys did and we're super grateful for, and we hope that it's the beginning of something that's going to grow and multiply, is uh, you guys together uh, committed to fund a church in Panama um, that was a congregation that had been waiting years and years for a building, and it's a healthy congregation. And, um, and so you guys just a couple months ago committed to fund a church um, in Panama. One thing unique, Nick, is that because the places we're working and because, you know, our partners build the church and they get the land and they get the permits, you know, for $15,000, that literally was enough to fund the whole building of a church. And, and so that's even a number that's hard to wrap your mind around from our perspective, right? You know, that's, that's a bathroom rehab, you know, at a, at a, at a, the church I go to, you know, they're going to, you know, fix up a bathroom and may cost 15 grand. But oh, yeah. in a place like Panama and some of these places, it literally will build a structure that'll be there for decades and that's serve incredible. that community. And so, you know, we're just super grateful that you guys wanted to engage um, not only to introduce your members to ICM, but also to say, man, let's build something together. Yeah, um, I was, I was uh, extremely encouraged. You know, you came in and spoke a little bit, um, made our morning devotion, I think on Saturday. And then, you know, we opened it up and just shared the vision of, you know, what ICM is doing and the ability to make that kind of an impact, you know, might not be right next door, but there, here are these people that are doing this and walking and, you know, we can make a difference and just how quickly uh, people rose to that occasion to use 
their, you know, time and their treasure to, to fund the church. Um, you know, it was just, it kind of was, I had goosebumps just how quickly it moved and uh, I'm excited for the next step of it. And I think when people, especially me, I'm a visual guy, I'm a feel person. Um, I'd love to be able to go and actually physically see, you know, what, what, what occurred there in Panama and, and see, and I'm excited to think about the ongoing relationship that, um, ISI might, you know, be able to have with ICM. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have talked about, you know, the potential of, of getting a group of you guys over and, you know, Mm -hmm. getting to just, like you said, just see it, you know, meet the people, you know, hear just the, just the excitement that they have that, Many of them thought we would never, ever have our own church building. And mm-hmm. then, you know, most of these buildings within nine to 12 months, it goes from nothing to their own place they can call home. And, and so it's, it's a powerful experience to actually see it. Uh, yeah. So I look forward to us organizing that trip sooner yep. than later. Yeah, no, I'm thankful for the opportunity to, you know, to get to know you and to, to have this um you know, relationship grow together. And I'm excited to see, you know, where it goes from here for sure. Well, I, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the background on ICM and you and, you know, coming to one of our treats, I feel like we're just getting going in our, in our relationship and helping each other. Um, you know, just as iron sharpens iron, I feel like it's, it's the same thing here between our two organizations. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But as, as a you know, transition, just to some questions, you know, for you, as we start to close down, um, one of the things I ask everybody, and it's always interesting to see their different responses, but I ask about joy for you, David, what, what brings you the most joy? Oh, it's a good <laughs> question. Um, you know, I, if, if you cut me, um, I bleed, um, spiritual multiplication. And, and I think part of it goes back to my story, you know, and I shared a little bit of my testimony, but one of the guys um, on the basketball team, I played at a small division two school in Georgia, uh, had been, become a Christian about a month before I did. Mm-hmm. And the guy who led him to the Lord said, hey, tell me about David. And, and my friend, who's actually a pastor of a big church in Atlanta now, it's kind of funny to think back. He said, um, he said, you know, I probably wouldn't waste your time. There's no way he'd be interested because I was <laughs> partying and I wasn't really, I really didn't grow up in the church like he did. And I just, I was just lost. Yeah. You were leading people to kegs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and so, but, you know, praise the Lord that that guy knows that everyone was created by God and for God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, what brings me joy is the privilege that I get to share the gospel with people and, and to just invest in people and, and, you know, and disciple people. And, and so for me, like I have a word of the year, every year I have a word of the year that I kind of step in and say, I want this to kind of be the lens I see my life through this year. Yeah. And so my 2021 word, um, this year, Nick was to invest is so my prayer before every meeting 
um, with a donor or with whoever in my life is, Lord, I just pray that you would be present and I would, you would give me an opportunity to invest, you know, not what, not what I want to say, but God, that you would show up in that moment and I would be able to, whether it be listen to them or whether it be to share a passage of scripture or whether it be to pray for them, mm-hmm. that, you know, just to invest. And so, Love it. You know, I, it brings me joy to, to be able to just engage relationships mm-hmm. and invest in people's hearts. And, and ICM gives me such a great platform for that. Um, oh. And to tell an amazing story, you know, the, the story of God's heart for the world, but then an opportunity to actually engage in it in a real practical way. That's awesome. I love it. Well, on that note, I appreciate you investing in us, you know, and coming coming to the retreat and just taking the time today to capture this conversation for the podcast. So you're, oh, you're man, living it out, man. Living the 2021 word out. Well, you mentioned a few books already, God Who Hung on the Cross, which is kind of the ICM, you know, cornerstone book, and then Every Good Endeavor. Are there any other, um, you know, books that you really, that you're reading right now or ones you really love or that you've given away or recommend? Yeah. Man, you have good questions, Nick. Um, so I'll, I'll make two that um, have, I read a lot. I've always, you know, I just, I love reading. Um, but the book Trusting God by Jerry Bridges has been a theological framework for my life. And, right. and the book Trusting God, it, basically the subtitle is When Life is Hard. And he basically says there's three things that if, and he writes in the context of just losing his wife from cancer. Hmm. And he basically says, there's three things about God that you, if it's not rooted in you, then you will, you won't trust God. He says, one is that God is sovereign. Two is God is wise and that God is good or he's loving. And, and then the whole book is unpacking the scriptures of God being sovereign, wise, and good. <laughs> wow. And, and so, you know, through some deep, deep valleys in my life, the, the, that truth from those, that book was massive. And then a devotional that when I was going through a couple-year period of my life that just had a lot of challenges. There was a devotional someone introduced me to that is called Streams in the Desert. And it's an old devotional from the 1950s, but it's just a quick daily devotional. And it is just for over a year of my life, it was sustaining food from God's word that was bite size. <laughs> and yeah. um, it's, called, it's called Streams in the Desert. Um, by L.B. Kalman. So those are a couple little suggestions wow. of books that have really ministered to my soul. Absolutely. And those are two that have not been mentioned before, I don't believe. So, yeah, thanks for sharing. That's one of the things I love about this is hearing, you know, books that meant some, significantly meant something to somebody during their, their life at a certain period of time. Um, and obviously those two, well, did that for you. So, yeah. That's great. And there may be other people who are going through, you know, a desert phase or 
going through a hard hard time and those might be great recommendations yeah so they do that just, yeah i can't over recommend them <laughs> so. yeah no that's awesome that's the thing everybody listens to the podcast and they got a lot of work to do they got all these books to, that's right. That's right. <laughs> to listen to and read cool uh, what about um you know i ask about like a life verse or maybe one that right now is front and center for you do you have uh, kind of a guiding one or one that's really front and center yeah, so I my life verse, I would say 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. And it says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. He died for all, so that those who live will no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Hmm. And that, I was early in my Christian life, that was kind of my biblical permission slip from God to live radically for him. Hmm. And, and then what had to be the sustaining motivation uh, for the Christian life? You know, it's a lot of people, if we're not careful, we feel like we need to do these things to be loved by God. But until we've made that shift that it's the love of God that motivates us, to do, then, um, then I feel like we will be highly, highly disappointed. And I'll share a, a, a quote from a mentor of mine. He's in his, he's pushing 80 now and, and it's terrible grammar. So know that I understand that. Okay. <laughs> but he, he says this, he says that talking about the Christian life and sacrificing and giving and making disciples and, you know, giving out of your poverty, not your abundance, and just all the, the privileges that we get as a Christian, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He says this, he says, we get to, we don't got to, mm -hmm. because he got to me. And, and so the whole idea is that, you know, we get to, it's a privilege that we get to be a part of the gospel and mm -hmm. taking the gospel to the nations, taking it to our neighbors. Um, but we get to, we don't got to, but we do it because he got to us and he changed mm -hmm. us and he gave us new hearts and he gave us a heart for his word and he gave us a heart for people and the lost. And, and so I just love that, um, yeah. that we get to, we don't got to, um, yeah. because if we're living out of a got to, that's a that's a miserable dead end road that doesn't lead to joy. Um, but when we understand we get to, then we can give and serve, and it's a privilege, not a grit your teeth and do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that grammar. I've heard it said a different way, but I like this one <laughs> a little bit better. You know, the have to versus get to, you know, yeah. I feel like you, you get to do, it. you don't have to do this. You That's right. get the opportunity, but I like that get to don't got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, you know, to me, it just wraps up the privilege yeah. of it as being his child. Right. Yeah. I might have to put that on a t-shirt for you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who can make that happen. That's awesome. Uh, no, thanks for sharing. Those are, that's awesome. Um, man, so great. Well, it was, um, it's an honor and a pleasure having you on today and getting to know you and just thankful for, for you and all that you're doing. Uh, it's exciting. It's exciting work and I feel like we're just, just getting going. So, um, it'd be really exciting to see how the story unfolds, uh, mutually over the coming years. 
Absolutely. Well, I would love to pray for you guys, Nick. Yeah, let's do it. And, um, and thank you for letting me share. And, you know, if anyone, you know, is intrigued by ICM, you know, they can reach out to me or you. And, and I'd love to get that book in their hands, you know, just okay. to, to, to bless them. So oh, thanks for I that. will uh, pray for us. Father, we do thank you for the privilege that it is to be your children. And God, I thank you that you change hearts and you say in Ezekiel that you give us a new heart and you remove our hearts of stone and you give us a heart of flesh. And we're so grateful. And I thank you for this ministry, ISI, and God, a ministry like this, it it has no bounds because it's multiplying into the life of men and women. And, and God, that just literally will take this movement to the ends of the earth. And, and God, I, I praise you and I thank you for Nick and for their team and their hearts to, to invest. I really do think that does capture the heart of ISI, God. They just, they want to be good stewards. They want to give because so much has been given to them. And I pray you would multiply and, and bless this ministry in powerful ways. And that God, that Cleveland and the other cities that ISI exists would be blessed by this ministry that, you know, ultimately, ultimately other countries would, people would know the good news of Christ because of the generosity of men and women that may never meet them, but God, that they want to be a part of your global church. And, and Lord, just thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just want to, you know, kind of recap the conversation that we just had with David Burns from ICM. He is an awesome guy, really fortunate to get to know him. I'm early on in my relationship getting to know him. I've met him a few times. And I just want to, you know, share my takeaways. Uh, number one was just the amount of obedience that Joyce Rosser had to, to see those people walking to worship and said, you know, I can do something about this and actually did something. Uh, that obedience and that follow through and using, you know, his entrepreneurial spirit, his problem solving capabilities and funding that he had to be able to make a difference. Um, it's easy for us to see something that's wrong, um, but it's harder to actually do something about it. So I love that. And then along with that, just to, that how important it is for us to get outside our bubbles. Uh, I know for, for myself, especially over the last you know year and a half, we've been maybe more isolated, maybe more in our bubbles than usual, and how important it is to get out in the world and go and see and experience things. Because uh, I think that's kind of really where ICM was birthed. So that stood out to me as a big one. Um, number two was just to never give up on people. Like David, and he talked about the guy who never gave up on him and thought, hey, that, that guy's never going to come around. Um, that's encouraging because sometimes I have that same thought and I think I'm just going to you know, move on, uh, move on to somebody else when really... Uh, we should never give up on people and never count them out. So that was a big one. And then the last but not least, uh, the get to, don't got to. I love that mentality. You know, uh, we get to, we don't got to. So I'll just leave you with that. Um, I hope you all have an amazing day and got something out of this podcast and hopefully it made you better in some way, shape or form. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, stay sharp and sharpen others by sharing this podcast, inviting someone else to listen to it and attending a retreat in the upcoming year.